Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Welcome to Second Take Podcast's review of Scream, starring Drew Barrymore, Neve Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Written by Kevin Williamson and directed by Wes Craven. One step too far. You like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. He's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who oh. did he make the rules? The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. My mom and dad are going to be so angry at me. I'm Sebastian. They are angry at me all the time. I would be. Yeah. Peer pressure. Billy put me up to it. And I'm Jordan. You are much prettier in person. I'm Andy Schossler. <laughs> oh, that's nice of you to say. Thank you. you um, needed that confidence to say. <laughs> uh, welcome to our review of Scream. It's just a new thing that we've all just learned about. That's why we're doing it right now. Because it's just it's in the zeitgeist. That's right. Nope, that was that was last year or the year ago when it was Halloween or something. Yeah, well, we missed Halloween. Did Actually, we? no, no, we haven't. But oh, this Halloween out. is forthcoming. Yep. So this will be out just in time for Halloween. The other three, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna ride that Halloween wave well into November. <laughs> That's so how we do it. It's like people who celebrate Oktoberfest in October. How dare they, Ryan? Yeah, is it October with a C or a K? <laughs> I don't want another October added to my, my calendars. A 13-month 13, 13 calendar. I know you'd, <laughs> I know you'd think we'd you just... would add a second October spelt with a K immediately following... Well, that's the drinking one. <laughs> but, okay, would, would you add an additional 30 days or would you then, like, divide 12 and take off and do the gap and keep the same year? Um, so, can we change the rotation? You're going too, far. You're going too deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how... 
how set on this whole 365 day rotation of the sun thing are we as a society? Right. Can we just exactly like, right. nah. Give or take, really. I would like to measure in half days. Well, we would then declare a half day a full day, but every current day is two days. Yeah. Wow, I worked 10 days this week. That sounds terrible, actually. <laughs> I take we, that back. We could actually have 11 months of 33 days. That seems too easy. It's not even 33. Oh, you'd have to have a bit of a... No, so 10 months would get you to 330, yep. right? And then you'd get the, the 11th month would get you to 365. And then you've got... Two days, three days, depending the on holidays. The, just a, extra yeah, holiday. Just a, yeah, just an end of year celebration or Christmas. Perfect. Take it off on Christmas. The permanent public holidays. Who needs Christmas anyway? <laughs> I do like the idea of everything just ceasing for three days, and it's just because we overmeasured. <laughs> <laughs> Double measure, cut once, or whatever the. I mean, I'm practically a carpenter, so I don't have to do that. But you know, <laughs> did you both grow up in Brisbane, in a big city? For the most part, yeah. yeah. So when you were young, did shops close at? noon on a Saturday and we're not open on a Sunday? No, not uh, not all of them. Okay. Some would close like pretty early though. So I grew up in regional uh, uh, Queensland. Mm. And so... The business just didn't exist on a Saturday or a Sunday. No, the business was there. It, it, was, just, it was just not common for anything to be open on a Sunday except right. for petrol stations, which were never 24 hour. They mm. all had a closing time. Uh, and then in the last 10 years, everything has gone to being open 24 hours all the time. Well, it's interesting. Like, okay, so I was traveling the States. Oh, to be fair, it was like seven or eight years ago. And we were in Kentucky. My stepfather's from Kentucky. He grew up in Bowling Green there. And certain counties there are dry counties. Yes. So bottle That's shops just bizarre, don't open on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> like, huh? so, but theirs is more, I guess, I'm going to say probably religiously based, I would assume. Or who who actively wakes up saying things? Oh, let's be less fun than we did. Like <laughs> it's it's the weekend, time to repent. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's people with convictions that don't rely on alcohol to bring out the fun. Yes, but my my I guess my the point though imagine is imagine living that way. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I imagine a lot of the early shop closures that you're talking about probably are coming from the same place though. Because hear me out. If there's no, if there's a problem. You, you roll a dice and it's going to come up religion's fault more times than not. I don't think it, it was ever religiously motivated. I'm sure it came out of that tradition where people didn't work on a Sunday. Yeah. But when I, even when I was growing up in you know the 80s, early 90s, it wasn't... I, religion didn't really play that big a part yeah. in sort of society as a, as a whole. Okay. Well, if you're joining us for the first time today, this is a movie review podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, and today we're reviewing Scream. The first one came out in 1996. That counts as my trivia. I'm done. Um, <laughs> if you guys, I mean, obviously, I know I'd seen this before. I'm aware Jordan has. But Andrew, had you seen this prior to today? I certainly did. I saw it on VHS. Ooh. Me too. Not in the cinema. 96, I would have been in grade eight or nine. Don't look at me. I don't have your... I was uh, three years old. <laughs> 96, I was a gentleman's five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 96, I would have been in grade nine. What grade, sorry, what grade? What year were you born in? 83. Okay, my sister was born in 85, and she also, she owned the first three on VHS. Right. So, yeah, it must yeah. And I think she, I mean, she probably still does. My sister tends not to throw things out like that. I so, if you're listening, Maria, let me know. I bought, <laughs> our family bought our first DVD player. I think it was 2001. Yeah. Or 2000. Damn. And it was, a, it was a cheap thing that worked half the time. <laughs> yeah. Still had to rewind God. the DVD at the end of the film. This is going to throw people back. I had one of those little portable ones when I was a kid, like kind of like probably yay big with like a yeah. tiny little screen. I'd just take it with me on like car rides and stuff. <laughs> I remember going to um, 
this is a bit of a throwback, I guess, probably for us people in Australia, but wow, sight and sound. Oh. To, to get our first DVD Dude, when I When I first got a job, like I first started working, my work was directly across the road from the local wow, sight and oh, sound. Yeah. So every day when I would get paid or every week, I'd just be over at wow, sight and sound buying DVDs and wondering why I had no money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. wow, sight and sound was like, I guess for our international listeners, like it's the Best Buy effectively in the States. Yeah. It's a big warehouse kind of look and place, like large high rise building. Right. In that Crazy sense. Clark version of JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. So just full of electronics and stuff. I don't know what actually went wrong. Like you'd, you'd look at it compared to the current places that are open, like JB's, and it's not, it wasn't doing anything too crazy, but they all um, just one day, they're like, mm, we're done. Yeah, could have just been a bad model. You know, companies closed for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, yeah. So those were the days. So this whole uh, this whole podcast <laughs> is apparently today all about personal nostalgia. <laughs> um, but but I, go, oh, sorry. I, I, I did see it. When I was in high school, but it didn't make an impact on me. My sister, like, was really the driving force of these films in my family. This and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Huge right. favourites for hers. Mm. Which is funny because I've never really looked at my sister and thought, that's a horror movie person. Because all in all, she's just not. But these, this and How, I Know What You Did Last Summer and um, Urban Legend, when that one came out. Well, I was going to mention that movie because this, like, Scream kind of reinvigorated the, the horror genre. Mm. And, like, really quickly, you just saw, like, all these other movies coming out. Some were good, some mm. not so great. But it was kind of like that period, kind of like a boom period before we got into like the just like reboot and yeah. remake mania that we've only really just <laughs> started to get out of like yeah. just the mid early to mid 2000s, like when there was nothing original coming out. Well, the Final Destination as well. I put that in the same camp personally for like yeah. the time period it came in and out. In. And funnily enough, I think it has a remake coming out either, I think it's next uh, year actually. No. Of course I'm, it does. I oh. Of course it does. Those movies make me anxious. So I'm going to put it out on record. We are not reviewing those. Because <laughs> um, I'm not going to go see a new one in the cinemas where I can't escape. <laughs> I'm not locking myself into that scenario. I survived it too. I was a good boy. I was a good brave boy. You were terrified in there? I don't like horror movies. So going to see them in the cinema where I can't like not Leave. watch them. <laughs> no, but um, but I liked it too though. I, I had a good time. It was funny for me. But you don't like them because they're terrifying or because they're boring? Because I find them boring. I don't find them boring. I don't know. I just, I like happy things. I like I watch, like to watch comedies, Aww. action movies. I like enjoyable You're like Erin from The Office. She <laughs> likes the first 10 minutes of horror movies when the family when happy is family. <laughs> idyllic and happy and nice. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it depends. Like, I don't hate all horror movies. Like, I would even really call, call a horror movie, but um, Cabin in the Woods, that sort of oh, kind great of- Great movie. A nice reference point for it's this, hilarious. and I was going to use that as a movie baby for this one because it's kind of taking the genre, yeah. yeah, and doing stuff. But like, it kind of takes that like meta stuff and like just kind of turns it all the way up. Like we, at least with Scream, like I guess the meta side of it is it's not really subtle, but like it doesn't bang you over the head like yeah. Cabin in the Woods does. Well, I enjoy Cabin in the Woods. I, I, there are other horror movies. Oh, I think I'm more, I'm more of a thriller fan. Like I like a, like yeah. a good mystery. I like a bit of suspense. I don't mind my characters are in a bit of uh, terrifying danger. That's all good. <laughs> I just um, and st- these screen movies work well for me because it's but, nothing crazy. Yeah, but it's when you get into like, oh, I don't even know. Terrifying danger only works when it's believable. If it's just the music is ramping up and you know there's a kill coming, mm. and you know this is the person that you're following at the moment, that's not danger in that same sense. Mm. You can't fear for that person because it's just their time on script. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I get not, that. It's not actually. It doesn't feel like a natural story. Like you know, they've been singled out by by the killer. No, it's just they were next in line as far as the writer was concerned, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's another issue with like horror movies as a whole, though. As well, is like when they're not done well, you have no connection to any of those characters, yeah. and you don't feel for them. So when it is their time, you're just like, 
Yeah, that makes sense. See ya. <laughs> Which I would say is exactly the thing that distinguishes Scream from its sequels. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Yeah. First one is, it has believable characters, and you do kind of connect to them and feel for them. That Everybody feels like they're real people. Yeah. But not in the sequels. Yeah, I feel like we'll probably get to it, but that's one of my um, one of my main criticisms for I think the third one. But we'll <laughs> we'll save that for two weeks from now. <laughs> well, I reckon we jump into the trivia. Let's do it. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Hey Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my butthole. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Those felt louder this week, <laughs> but they weren't. I think my headset's turned all the way off. Uh, reception for this film, remarkably in line. All the different uh, sources. IMDb carries a 7.2 rating. And Rotten Tomatoes, the critical and audience score in perfect sync at 79%. I think that's fairly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth saying, just like common perception that I get from people that I've spoken to, I've never met someone in my life that says Scream 1 is a bad film. I no. feel like generally, I mean, the stats are showing are kind of, you know, back that, but it's a well-loved film. There's a difference between it's a bad film and I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because you can not enjoy good films like The Godfather. And you can are- enjoy bad films like <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2 <laughs> Annihilation. <laughs> but honestly, though, that's, yeah. that's, that's exactly right. Sometimes and quality has no bearing on any of these no, things. That's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. The movie also, um, it does benefit from the landscape of horror movies at the time. It's like if you're looking at things that were coming out in like the late 80s, early 90s, a lot of it is just pure garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of what I was saying before. It did kind of reinvigorate the genre in a way because you had some of those movies that are better genre movies. Like, you know, you're, I know what you did last summer as Urban Legends and stuff like that, that really did kind of kick the genre off and, and give it a bit of a boom there before you got into a lot of the movies that just sort of tried to add like a scream layer of paint to mm. their garbage. So, you know, you like your Bride of Chucky's and like Jason X or even like Halloween H2O. Mm. Like you sort of try to reinvent those genres in the same way that Scream was kind of doing its you know, writing or its sort of meta humor and stuff like that. And it just didn't work. Yeah. And I thought like that whole kind of style just got really like driven into the ground after this movie. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, as far as Scream is concerned, the box office completely agrees with the mm. invigoration. People loved it. Um, budget of fourteen million, and the worldwide gross take was uh, one hundred seventy-three. Mm. What I find particularly interesting is obviously where this film. Well, sorry, who this film came from. So we have Wes Craven, obviously, yeah. in there, you know, behind the scenes directing all that. What's he done? Nightmare on Elm <laughs> Street. That's what I was saying. Like you think of like the most. I mean, looking back at it now, one of the most tropiest sort of... I mean, okay, number one, she had a lot of original concepts. I'm not going to say it was, you know, an unoriginal piece of shit. That was the first time Wes Craven reinvented horror. <laughs> cool, yep. Did you guys ever see A New Nightmare? Yeah, I was I was going to mention that, actually, because that also kind of tried to do that bit of a, you know, kind of meta take mm. on, on the horror genre, but didn't really go over all that well. No, it didn't. I mean, I, I don't mind it. I think it's a fun movie. It's interesting. I'll explain. I'm going to give the botchiest explanation you've ever bloody heard, Andrew, because it's been years. <laughs> but effectively, a new nightmare is the final in canon. Well, not even new, sort of in is canon. It really, even in canon. Like, Robert Englund was in it. Anyway, yeah, so Robert okay. Englund, the actor that played Freddy Krueger, okay, is in this film as himself. Robert Englund, the actor that plays Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. The whole basis of the film is that 
Wes Craven got the idea from to make Freddy Krueger from a bunch of dreams he was having, which was actually the sleep demon talking to him in his in his dreams. They gave him the idea to create this thing to kind of get culture behind the idea of Freddy okay. Krueger to bring the actual dream demon to life in reality. So okay. the girl that plays Nancy in the first film, like the actress, is playing herself in this film, and she's being tormented by a creature that looks and acts like Freddy Krueger, but is actually this ancient other sleep demon. Okay, it, fine, it, I'm on board. It, it, <laughs> the story of this movie is the Nightmare on Elm Street series exists because Wes Craven was manipulated by an elder god to create himself into reality. I kind of like yeah. that. There's a meta level yeah. To, yeah. to the story. And yeah. that's before this, I believe, as well. I'll double check, because this is 96. Yeah. I think that was 94, I want to say. There you go, yeah. It's like right. Not so long before. Craven's definitely experimented with this whole how can we take a genre and use it, you know, a wink, wink, nod, nod with the audience. And this screen, we can definitely say, even though it's all just told to you by, <laughs> by um, I was about to call him Jamie, Randy. Yes. Um, somehow more subtle than that film, <laughs> even though we have a character literally expositing it to us in this film. But it works. It works in this one. It does. Having it a does. film He's nerd character it. was a, a yeah. nice little touch in this yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Well, it works too because, like, everyone knows that person. Yes. Like everyone knows a Randy. Well, I think three of us are in the room right now. And when we go back to our, our, our separate social circles. Yep. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? I haven't so, been murdered yet though, so. That's good. That's nice. It's surprising, really. You're not in the sequel of your, your life just yet. No. Can you, be, can you be the comedy character and a lead at the same time? I don't think so. Never. Depends on how you part your hair. Oh, no. Which side? Which <laughs> which side whatever I wake up, whatever happens. Uh, the Ghostface costume was originally intended to be white, but it was changed to black for fears that people would associate it with the Ku Klux Klan. Ah. That's a fair thing. I can see the instinct is big white. It's actually like an old school Supposed ghost to be machine. ghost. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. But very camp. I also think, I don't know, white's less scary. I imagine that the exact, it wouldn't have been the exact same costume. I imagine there would have been a different actual design, not just the exact same thing, coloured white or black. Because I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, it's. It, it I'm is thinking a, wedding is dress is my robe. issue. Mm. No, it is a black robe, so it would have been yeah, kind of. I'm gonna go. I want to search if there's any concept art now. I'm uh, genuinely, I'm genuinely right. curious because that's to me. It sounds like it would look like a wedding dress. <laughs> uh, so uh, the Wes Craven director um, would tell Drew Barrymore real stories of animal cruelty on set to keep her crying and looking scared. Her scene. She filmed her scene. It took five days for her for her little scene at the beginning. And oh. actually, her her line um, that the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels sucked. Um, <laughs> that makes reflects, me giggle every time. <laughs> <laughs> reflects uh, Wes Craven's own disappointment with them. He sold the rights after the first one. Yeah. Uh, before it was released and before it was a hit. Uh, and yeah, there were other directors on board to uh, to direct the sequels. Indeed, there was. Which arguably <laughs> shouldn't have been made. I mean, sequels generally shouldn't be made, I think. They are. Yeah. Because. Money. Know, people <laughs> can't resist a, a, you know, a little bit yeah. of a, a little bit of a payout. Uh, undeserved as it, <laughs> as it may be. And, you know, they could have you know, funneled that money into, okay. uh, uh, into other projects that arguably would have made them more. But it's a safe bet. And I, and I get why sequels are made, but more or less. Most of the time, they shouldn't be. So the concept art I found, this is going to be great to describe in an audio podcast. <laughs> Effectively, it's like a ghoul's face as opposed right. to like an actual ghost face. So it's actually like got sharp oh, teeth. It looks, right. it looks like a monster rather than a man in a mask. Yeah. So um, there are, I mean, there's a couple of other different designs too, which are getting a little bit closer to mm. what we ended up having with like an uh, actual yeah. kind of blank slate face. So it was, from what I can tell anyway, a little bit different <laughs> in plan, but still interesting going full white. Yeah. yeah. Even like even without the KKK as association there, it just 
it doesn't scream obvious. You know, would you? Oh no, Jason's coming after us, and he's covered in glow sticks. Like you know, <laughs> but somebody would have made the association, and it would have made would the have news, well. and then people can't put it. Out. Yeah, they can't unsee that. And then yeah. by the time you get to the opening of Scream Two, it's literally racist because <laughs> we'll have a white man in a white costume killing two black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Commentary well, much? Yep. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there next week. Well, speaking of opening, it uh, opened five days before Christmas. Did you just do a legit segue? Oh, good Look at this. Sorry, I'm derailing it now. But it was nice. I'm another talented guy. I didn't say that you weren't. I'm just shocked when I see it. I know, but your shock seems to imply that... It's happy shock. You, it's, it's positive <laughs> you shock. You weren't expecting it <laughs> I wasn't. in the sense that I was incapable of doing it. Um, it opened five days before Christmas. And I actually think that's kind of an interesting oh, move. Well... It was it was done in order not only to give an alternative to all the Christmas movies that I mean it's only Christmas movies that come out at Christmas time yeah and also because there wouldn't be any horror movie competition, competition yeah exactly well, actually I saw that as well I think the the other movies you could go and see that weekend did you want to attend the cinema were <laughs> Jerry Maguire oh lovely Beavis and Butthead do America ooh and one hundred and one Dalmatians <laughs> so spoiled for choice really yeah. <laughs> A good hearty dose of scream. <laughs> um, and the last bit, uh, last bit that I have is that Courtney Cox um, had to lobby um, repeatedly to to play Gal Weathers uh, because she wanted to play a bitchy character oh, okay. to offset her her nice character on on, on Friends. Friends. Yeah. And the thing that was holding her back was her nice character on Friends. People just the <laughs> didn't producers didn't buy that yeah. she could play a bitchy character convincingly, and she pulled it off. Yeah, she, she did, did pretty well. well. Uh, care to take a guess at who was considered for uh, for Sydney before Neve Campbell? Hmm, that's tough. She no. was offered the role. The same who was time. big around that time. I was going to say Jennifer Aniston only because it's <laughs> oh Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, mm. I know she was offered some other role and ended up taking the one in two. But it may be from a different. Th- I might be thinking from a different yeah. film. It was Molly Ringwald was oh, offered, offered the role, and she felt nah, I may be a bit too old for that. To be a cold student, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think she was twenty-eight at the time. Oh, oh. I imagine Molly Ringwald in like her forties by this yeah. time, which is I suppose she in was in nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, I suppose she's in Breakfast Club and stuff. Breakfast Club she was in, 80 in Breakfast Club eighty-four. She must have been like eighteen, I guess, like yeah. roughly. I guess then. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's why I just figured like she was like an older actress comparatively. Yeah. Well, everybody, everybody here was about twenty-four, twenty-five. All the, all the main cast anyway. Yeah. And I, I kind of understand where, where she's coming from. Um, and care to take a guess at who was considered for Billy? A Skeet Ulrich's uh, role. I Johnny don't, Depp. I don't, I don't know. don't think I've <laughs> ever seen. He looks remarkably like Johnny Depp. I have uh, no, no idea. Skeet, but not... Uh, yeah. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was considered oh, no way. for Billy. Okay, yeah. oh, he does look yeah. a bit like him. Oh, interesting bit of trivia for you. Did you know that one of the actors in this film... Four or five years later, would be a WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to bring up this. <laughs> in fact, I was surprised in the intro you didn't say, and starring former WCW World Heavyweight Champion David Arquette. It's because I did all those recordings in one night. Uh, just what? Have- David Arquette went into wrestling? Well, we'll be reviewing it next year when we do Ready to Rumble, but there was a film made by WCW starring David Arquette, and I think I, it I think led I... to, in wrestling storyline, him becoming the World Heavyweight Champion like in the actual As company. cross-promotion. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, so, uh, I, I mean, I think I'm going to be sick. That, that you know, David Arquette <laughs> currently wrestles. Really? Yeah, he's yeah. because 
that movie and his run as WCW champion was so like poorly received and like so just maligned by wrestling fans. And he's a big wrestling fan himself. Yeah. Okay. In the last few years, he took it under his own wing to just learn how to wrestle right, and has okay. been out on the indies doing wrestling matches, including kind of cool. a fantastic death match with Nick Gage. Oh, that's why I heard about that one, yeah. Where uh, he nearly got his jugular sliced with a light tube, so that was great. Ooh, see? David Arquette. Good stuff, right? Doing, doing his own We're ruining this movie for you, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I like him. He's a funny guy. And, I do. And yeah. now that makes that makes complete sense. Mm. I got that story. And that's the last wrestling thing we're going to talk about. Until episode, Scream right? 2, when yeah. I, I reuse the same <laughs> trivia three weeks in a row. Okay, well, movie babies? Let's do it. Hasta la vista, baby. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So I had this as a mix of Halloween yep. because it's a masked killer, very specifically a masked uh, killer going around uh, getting the same group, and The Breakfast Club. It felt like a oh, teen good, yeah. movie. It felt like they were a bit of a group. They all have different dynamics. You sort of get to know the characters a little bit. They're kind of stereotypical as well. Not the same tropes as are used in The Breakfast Club, uh, but they are very distinct. You've got the jock and the... The, the nerd guy, the naive virgin girl. Mm. Yeah, they're all there. See, I picked Halloween as well. And then I was struggling just trying to think of like, where does the other element of this film come from? And I figured like, uh, it's essentially a parody of itself. So I went Halloween and Spaceballs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it for that and I, I, I couldn't justify Spaceballs. I really, I couldn't, that's like the closest I could come. I really struggled with this one but in, it in is, finding a movie baby. It is a satire it is, of, yeah. of horror. You can't, you can't ignore that. It's a satire that still paints itself as its own kind of movie. Where like you don't, <laughs> it kind of works on two levels. It's like its own standalone movie and then it works on its own sort of parody basis as well. I think it only works for one movie though. Y- yeah, that's Because fair. continuing it on for the sequels, I know we'll get into those discussions in the weeks to come, but, it works in, in Scream, and then it just feels tired for every other film after You're going to be begging for Scream 2 when we get to Scream 4. <laughs> um, so my horror go-to one was Black Christmas. You've got somebody okay. from the past coming Ooh, back, good. getting vengeance on people that they feel living wrong, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, I have a choose-your-own-adventure, though, for my next three. Um, my next <laughs> options, I have three. You can either say uh, Cabin in the Woods, which we've discussed why, because of the whole meta-narrative, um, A New Nightmare. Once again, we've already kind of discussed why that is. And third film, which I just forgot. So this is exciting. So let's go with the first two. I should have started with the other ones. I knew I had the other ones pegged. Let's go with the third one. Oh, Bowfinger. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. But um, Black Christmas <laughs> is one of those. Um, tweets? Yes. Tweets. Yeah. That is next. Oh, God. Oh. I want to read it to you. It's got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture. Revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Miracles as a sport? Yeah. I'm intrigued. True love's a sport too. Well, we've discussed about torture being a sport. Yeah, exactly. And I can see that. Well, if you can torture better than someone else, you can bet on it so you can make it a sport. Follow these simple steps to evade any unwanted advances from any crazed killers. Dodge, duck, dive, dip, and dodge. Hashtag killers don't do yoga. <laughs> um, I don't know the exact phrasing, but I do feel like the old concept of the double tap actually originated in this film specifically yeah. and not in Zombieland. I'll work out some witty way to phrase that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had 
the two dudes who give off the weird, creepy energy throughout the entire film turn out to be the killers. Go mm. figure. Yeah. <laughs> it's the more you know. It's those little things you pay attention to, right? The little things. Yeah, the little things. I didn't say it in uh, uh, the movie Babies, but I put in the dodgeball thing there because Dodgeball 2 is a satire of all those Whoa, sports wait, 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 wait. films. That exists. Oh, wait, oh, Dodgeball 2 is in Dodgeball as well or Dodgeball number two? No, no just, sorry, put in Dodgeball oh. as well. Oh, okay. You scared me there. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, is there some direct-to-DVD <laughs> yeah. gemstone? No, Dodge, Duck, Dive. Uh, because that's, that also is a, is a satire of all those. Yeah. Mm. Sports, sports films movies, of yeah. doing the competition and yeah. getting the getting the prize at the end, even though you're horrible and <laughs> don't actually, you know, it's it's the underdog story, and I did, yeah. which is literally the, the tagline. Yeah, <laughs> I did joke about it, but I mean, Zombieland also not a bad pull because you do have a character that lives, yeah. lives by. In these cases, it is actually like horror movie trope rules to survive the zombie apocalypse. He doesn't name them as that, but that's exactly what he's listing out. <laughs> but it didn't come before Scream, so it can't be apparent. Sorry, Seb. It's never stopped me before. <laughs> um, do you guys want to start with the good or the bad? I think the bad because I feel like this film has a lot more good going for it. No, but bo- both of you are going to be doing a lot more yeah. talking than me because I've got a few points for each and that's it. Well, let's go to the bad then. Yeah, sure. Houston, we have a problem. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. I've fallen and I can't get up. I can't believe you've done this. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, but it's at times it's a little bit on the nose. Like I, I know the whole point is satire. It's parodying horror films and the and, and the formula that they employ to uh, to get the story across. But for the most part, they get away with it, and it feels fine. You, you know exactly where it's going, and it's entertaining enough to to get over that bump. One thing that was jarring that I just couldn't get over was when they're sitting around the fountain and discussing who the killer could be and they're very obviously going out of their way to lay legitimate suspicion on everybody, everybody around yeah. uh, Sydney. Can I just point yeah. out that everyone's just, a suspect? <laughs> Do I need to yell it? <laughs> no, but they're, I mean, they're hitting you over the head with it and just saying it could be anybody you you don't know where we're going to take this. It could be anybody, and for these for all these reasons, it just feels so forced. And it's that scene, that amazing scene, that one joke that we all <laughs> laughed at from Shriek, if you know what it did last Friday the 13th. We're like, yeah, the killer could be anyone. He could be watching us right now, and he's like under the table being kicked by them. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. But um, I, I see what you're saying. It feels like but it's a, it's a who's done it effectively. And unla- sort of, unlike with your Jason movies and your Freddies and your Michael Myers, where we actually, as an audience, know who it is. It's not a whodunit because you don't really get the clues along the way, right? You can watch it in retrospect and say, okay, yeah, it fits. Uh, Billy wasn't around when, and, and mm. uh, what, what's his name? Matthew Lillard is not yes, around. Yes, yeah. whoever, whoever. Stu, thank you. Stu. Um, yeah, they're not on screen when the killer is and, and that that all works it's fine but you're not given the clues to work it out right whereas okay. you are in a whodunit you know there's a there's always the either it's either it's clever enough to have laced it subtly throughout the film or there's some flashback scene of scenes that you have you know the the, the person who works it out going through and oh yeah all these clues put together it's obvious who it who it is there's none of that here 
yeah, it's fair. I, it, that's something that I kind of like about it as well, and that it's sort of different in that regard, and that you don't have, you know, that sort of scene at the end where everything's kind of recapped to show you how you got your here. Kaiser Sezo moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, and that's when the, the reveal does come as a surprise because you hmm. genuinely have no real reason for thinking it's anybody specifically. Yeah, but then at the same time, it feels kind of cheap because. It could have been anyone, as long as the film was edited in such a way as to uh, have you know moments where where people are are, are um, not on screen at the at the same time as as the killer. You c- could then make it make it anybody you know, know in, in 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 the edit, not in the not in the script. It should be scripted to be a specific person that would make it a solid a solid story. I know it seems it's novel now. And this is probably more of a good thing, but that's why I appreciate the whole two killers thing. Because you do spend the entire time assuming it's one. Yeah. It's, the fuck, it's the hot fuzz thing again. Yeah. You think, how can one person do this? Yes. And exactly <laughs> here. That's why they kind of get you because you all this entire time you might suspect it's the boyfriend. But then you're given so many provers as to why it's not the boyfriend that it has to be someone else. Yeah. And then when it comes back to it being, it was he effectively masterminded the entire thing and Stu was just a lackey. It but also in Hot makes Fuzz, sense. But in Hot Fuzz, it's not two killers. No, it's the entire town. The whole the whole <laughs> council is is in on it. That's, yes, that's the clever part about it. Is that they think they're going after one person, and then you know a, an offside comment leads a, a Angel to to start thinking. Hold on a second. It's I'm going about this completely the wrong way. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I didn't mind it even just from like a narrative perspective of where going into a slasher film. Like I said, there is. There is, you know, Jason Voorhees. There is Freddy Krueger. There is Michael Myers. We are trained as an audience for there to be a killer. So having two, even though it's a very simple reveal, it, this is, they're not rewriting any books here with this reveal, <laughs> but it's just different enough that first time you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, of course. And it's suspenseful, but it's not mysterious because you're not given the clues to work it out. No. It's... um. I found, like, one little thing that I noticed just going back to watch it now, like, after a few years... Um, the idea that maybe there is two killers because in certain scenes, Ghostface is the clumsiest fucking murderer of all time. <laughs> and it just makes so much sense that in those scenes, that would be stupid. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then in the other ones where he's a little bit more easygoing or knows what he's doing, that would probably be Billy. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's um, oh, a little bit of foreshadowing as well. I do like this. Um, and this is not a good or a bad thing. Oh, this is technically a good thing, but it's actually more in relation to next week's movie that they kind of set up the killer for Scream 2 in Scream 1. Um, yeah, they have yeah. the, the, not even just with it being Billy's mother, but they, yes. at the very beginning with the trivia, you know, who was the murderer in Friday the 13th? That's right. Mm-hmm. It was Jason, no bitch, it oh. was Jason's mum. And then in number yeah. two, it is Billy's mum. Yeah, so brilliant. there's some good, there is some really nice stuff, but that that's, that's, that is pegged right at, you know, movie nerds. Here you go. And <laughs> yeah. hey, that ticked my box, I'll take it. But um, this film is, it's clever in bursts. It is. And, um, and I have no doubt in my mind that Wes Craven did put a lot of thought into it that never made it to screen. It was just background work to make it make sense. Everything all right? <laughs> We've had Please continue. A, a <laughs> technical interruption. No, no, we're good. Um, so it, it just felt a little bit too on the nose in those in those moments. But, I mean, the film is fine, as you say. It is. It carries on and you can enjoy it without without worrying about, you know, being susceptible to that, to that formula. Mm. But it just in that scene specifically, it just seemed to be... They were really hammering it in, and it was awkward and forced, and just took me out of the took me out of the film. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Certainly not the the best scene in the movie. And I I know I know the payoff comes in Scream Two, 
but uh, at the end of Scream, there's no there's no resolution for Cotton. Yeah, that's all of a sudden true. you you find out that he that he wasn't the killer, mm. but then n- not even in a news segment or anything is his you know exoneration uh, announced. It's just okay, we've forgotten about that yeah. plot thread hey, un- c- until Scream Two. And yeah. Cotton's yeah. back in Scream hey. Three as well. Yeah, briefly yeah. from memory. I think that might have been by design as well, because I'm pretty sure mm. I read um, when Kevin Williamson was like writing the movie, he'd kind of laid out a sequel or two as mm. well, like when it was being kind yes. of pitched. Yeah. So maybe uh, maybe it was left out, mm. and it was know, put into production almost immediately. Yeah, after. like within like six months, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, Scream Two came out in '97, and this was '96. Yep. So they came out within a year. Yeah. And what did this come out? Did we say it was Christmas? Christmas '96. And then the next one came out. Yeah, literally, bare to the bones. Yeah. Within the, like the next six. Oh, that's a really yeah. quick turnaround. Yeah. It's like the Matrix sequels. It's film all together. <laughs> um, and, it, and it made just as much money. As the Matrix? It, did, it didn't make any more. No, as Scream 1. Oh, good. It made yeah. just as much money and it cost 10 million more. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Do you guys want to move on to the good then? Or any, sure. other, any other bad stuff? I don't really have much bad on this one. I love it. I'll segue my bad into my good. Not enough Henry Winkler. Now let's talk about the good. <laughs> Go ahead. Make my day. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Henry Winkler was a fantastic principal. <laughs> and I I hadn't ever noticed it before in the film. I don't know if it was um, not in the versions that I had seen or I just missed it. But when he's... Uh, he has this one little line like, you know, little shits or something like that. Mm. And it's Fred the janitor. Which yeah, is Wes Craven, by the way. Craven, oh, is yeah. it really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? <laughs> I, I loved it. I'd never noticed that before. It was wonderful. <laughs> I don't mind it. And this film actually started... <laughs> was it this film? I'm trying to... Okay, I did not do my research for this film because, hello, it's me, Sebastian. I've been here for three years. <laughs> that's a that's me. Um, but you've been here not in a book or at a computer mm. screen. Yeah. Oh, I mean more like... You literally have a laptop. If you're learning, <laughs> I didn't do my research today. I've got some bad news for you. I didn't do my research any of the last three years. Um... <laughs> This film from memory started a bit of a a bit of like a sort of internal movie war, like as like a sort of joke war um, between Wes Craven and who else was it? So they show Oh no, I've gotten lost. They <laughs> they show scenes from Halloween in this film. In this movie, yeah. And then I think in another Halloween film they show scenes from another Wes Craven movie. Oh. Uh, actually, yeah, I think it might be Maybe not H2O, but the one after that, Resurrection. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're watching Scream. And I know in... It's kind of this thing that we're just throwing each other around. Sam Raimi put um, in one of the Evil Dead films, you can see Kruger's glove in like one of the um, downstairs like scenes. In the background, in yeah. The, I think it's it's either in the shed when he goes in Army of Darkness to chainsaw his hand up, right. or it's in like where the Necronomicon is downstairs. But there was also a Hills Have Eyes poster in one of those buildings as well. In the Hills Have Eyes movie then threw a bit in there and they just keep throwing references to each other in the weird sexual triangle. I don't know why it's sexual, <laughs> but we're going with it. Um, but yeah, and this is kind of one of the starting bits of that anyway we have with... Um, That's nice, all the studios yeah. and directors giving nods to each other. I'm sure I've butchered that story and I'm sure Charles Star is going to let me know about it. So please do, because I'm. I, it's one Google away, but I'm not doing it. But you just don't know, there's references and things. Movies reference other movies. Oh, that's my trivia. There that's you go. Trivia. Brilliant. Uh, I... Love the opening scene. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so, so good. Like, just it, the camera work is, like, so good. Just, like, that use of, like, steady like steady cam the whole way through is so cool. And, like, it's really, like, just shows how good Wes Craven is at, like, building, like, tension. Mm. 
And it does. It, it, it builds from nothing. Yeah, it really does. Like yeah. the phone rings. Very well, organically. That's right. Who are you? Oh, tell yeah. me your name. Yeah. yeah, that scene is just still like a, a benchmark, not just for the like mm-hmm. scream series, but just like the horror genre in general. I think. <laughs> Unfortunately for this film, I've seen a lot of scary movie one, and when they have the reveal of the boyfriend on the porch in my brain, <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the black guy in women's clothing screaming. Um, that, that's a good. That's tri- not this film's fault though. <laughs> that's a good bit of trivia, actually. This that came from this movie uh, when it was in production. Scream was actually called Scary mm. Movie up until like a few weeks into shooting, I think. Mm-hmm. And the theme song to Shriek, if you know it, last part of the 13th, was actually originally written for this film. Is that right? And they didn't want to use it because it was really poppy. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, nah, we're good. Actually, uh, a a sign of a good score, I didn't really notice the music in this one. Mm. Actually, yeah, me either. Now that you mention it. Yeah. I did in Scream (laughs) 2. I'm going to say this is a good thing for me. And I don't know whether this was intentional, but I'm going to say it is and let's just roll with it. So when Henry Winkler, Winkler as the principal is telling off and expelling um, those two boys for running around with the mask and then later on here, he's obviously murdered. Yes. Um, for me, I always find it funny because I found those two boys actually really reminded me of the two actual killers in this film. Oh, right. And obviously you see them te- him telling off those two people and then he ends up dead. And we're not, as an audience, we're never going to think it was those two random people we've never seen before in our lives because that's a terrible story. But I do like the idea of he's telling off two characters which kind of look like the stand-in stunt doubles for the actual (laughs) two people that end up being the killers. And I hope that was intentional because if if that was, awesome. And if it wasn't, let's just say that it was. Happy accident. That's kind of nice. (laughs) Now, all the the cast sort of bring back uh, a a realism back to the satire. They stop it from being a farce, Mm. which can easily happen when you introduce really strong stereotypes. Uh, But especially... Um, uh, Henry Winkler, Courtney Cox as the uh, as the reporter, David Arquette to 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 a certain extent as well. Just bring back a little bit of you know legitimacy to to everything. David Arquette is he's not great. just because he's a, you know a former world heavyweight champion, but he's like <laughs> legit my favorite thing in, the, in these entire movies. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's really he's, endearing. I find. Yeah, yeah. like I just you need that yeah. like that wholesome character that's just kind of in the background. Like obviously Sydney's got a bit of that as well, but like Dewey just really is like such a such a wholesome chap, <laughs> and they recognize <laughs> you want to root for him. Because I think they actually wanted to kill him originally. Right. I think the plan was for him to die. And then they kept him. And then they killed him in, in two, but kept him alive. <laughs> and I think there's an amazing scene in th- is it three or four where the killer like throws a knife at him and the butt side of the knife hits him rather than the blade <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the yeah. forehead. Um, I, I love that he's a character that just takes a beating the entire time. But they, from memory, he was actually meant to die in this film right. and not be in the sequels. Well, yeah, if there was, yeah. That, yeah. So good move on them not doing that because he's my favorite character. And I don't know, it's not just because he's he's funny, but he's um he's just like your everyman sort of character. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's your Mark Ruffalo of this film. Like the one you just <laughs> unconditionally <laughs> want to support because he seems like he'd help you move. He kind of <laughs> sa- he kind of says it in Scream 2 is am I am I really goofy or an idiot or is that just a clever guise that yeah. I that I spill over so that I can move undetected through all the different I've never once groups. thought that was legit though. I think he's a good <laughs> No, but it's a, but it's a, it's a nice kind of framing as to why he would um, supercharge his own, uh, you know, goofiness mm. um, in this. It kind of excuses the stereotype of him being a, a bit of a, a bit of a dumb policeman some, sometimes because he's, he's doing it on purpose to try and deceive anybody out there who doesn't know he's on the case. We don't normally dive into this kind of stuff, but I'm curious. Do you ever know, were him and Courtney Arquette dating? Oh, sorry, Arquette, Courtney Cox. They met on this movie. Met on this movie. Were they dating by number two or were they already divorced by number two? No, 
I, I they were married for a, a few years. They were married for a while, yeah. I thought so too, but I was talking to my I wife th- about I mean, she, it. And she, she thought she, they were divorced by number two, and I was like, they I'm were sure only married for like a year. three, I think they were. She, she might even name. Might have even been in the middle of getting divorced. Because she was Courtney Cox Arquette, wasn't she? For, yeah. for a while, yeah. Interesting. I'm just curious. Oh my God, the, just look to the rating of um, <laughs> the rating of number three. <laughs> oh God, it's like going, it's going. So, wow, yeah, it's, it's a descending staircase um, in ratings for these ones. Oh, and then we go up yeah, briefly for four. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, four's good. I like four. Four has one of the Colkin kids in it. No, it's all. You're gonna love it. Apart from the first one, which is good, they're all rubbish. Uh, we, we we can discuss it. We will. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other major good? Oh, uh, Stu, great character, really fun times. I He's actually sad he dies. Yeah. It was very well cast. Mm, like even sure. everybody was was perfectly suited to their role. Mm. Yeah, good stuff, mm. honestly, and it. Uh, even like I think in next in the next film we have Sarah Michelle Gellar who was also from the I know what you did last summer group so like yeah. they were kind of using the set pool of you're the teen horror <laughs> yeah. movie characters but it's still even in number two I'd say casting wise worked for me but yeah we'll talk about that next week but uh, all in all uh, I'm pretty pretty happy well did you guys want to move on to verdicts then yes sure but to be the man you gotta beat the man and I'm saying woo right here. I'm the man. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Slap it on with the might of Zeus! It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's, an oh, en- yeah? it's an entertaining film, and it's memorable, not just because it has served as the origin for a lot of parodies and, and, and memes that we that we know quite well now. Uh, it's because those scenes stand alone quite quite well even even today. Yeah. Watching this watching this all, all the way through, um, it's not a favorite film of mine. Like I, I think I've only seen it, you know, this may be the third or fourth time that I've seen it. But it it still felt quite fresh, even even knowing who the who, who the killer was, where where the story was going, it was still being told in such a way that it was entertaining over and over again. Yeah, for sure. I like I personally I love this movie. Um, I'm a big big horror guy. Like it's one of my favorite genres, and it really I think still stands up as a as a classic of the genre. I watch it at least sort of once a year just because I do enjoy it so much. <laughs> but at the same time, watching it in 2019, where you've kind of got all of that, you know, like in joke meta stuff has been done so much. The movie does almost feel like a cliche of itself at times. But you have to remember yeah. that it's the origin. Yeah, this, exactly. Yeah. But then you think like, oh, well, you know, they did it first. Give yeah. them a break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. Great film. I Easily probably in my t- top five horror movies, I'll say. Yeah, it's a really good time. Not too long. Does what it needs to do. Good characters. Henry Winkler. I like it. I'm having <laughs> a really nice time with this one. I'm, I'm excited for next week. But I am admittedly least less excited every week on I look through the series, only because I remember things not getting better. Mm-hmm. But for my memory, number two was, you know, comparable to this one. You have a bad memory, so we'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, all right, well, yeah. So you know what we're doing for the next couple of weeks because we've got yeah, Scream two, three, and four, and then <laughs> the real horror really begins when we do our last Shyamalan movie. Um, the year. Oh, there's still that coming too. It's debatably apparently like one of the worst ones ever. I've never seen it. It's the last Airbender. Gonna, I don't watch children's shows, so I'm I haven't seen. Fight the... you on every scheduling decision you make. Don't watch children's shows, but you watch <laughs> professional wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> it's TV 14 or 13, depending. It's fine. Um, 
so yeah, we got that. I, actually, we do have Doctor Sleep coming later in the year as well. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so sneaky um, Shining sequel coming out with Ewan McGregor in it. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it's weird. Stephen King apparently loves it. Stephen King comes out every time a movie of his comes out and goes, this is the greatest movie ever. Go and see it. Except for The Shining, which he hates. <laughs> which is like the best one. Because of course he hates that one, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this but, he also, but he also loves the uh, TV version, which is god awful. It's really bad. It's not good. Stephen so, King is a man of interesting taste. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm curious because this movie looks like it's a sequel to The Shining movie and not The Shining book. Right. But he's behind it. But it, it might be more more accurate to the story he was telling in Doctor Sleep, which apparently is not a bad book. Yeah, I say I apparently, a friend of mine has read it who really likes it. Anyone else I've spoken to says it's shit. So maybe my friend has bad taste. Do you, Shane? We'll find out. Well, you have bad taste, Seb, so I wouldn't be surprised if friends of yours also have bad taste. <laughs> That's true. We do, we do huddle together in the dark and talk about bad movies. Thank God we're not friends, Seb. It's true. <laughs> um, socials? Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can find us at Second Take TNC. We have a Facebook, facebook.com slash Second Take. Did I do it? Is that right? That, it's there. It's, that was really easy to say. Yeah. Why does he make it sound like it's difficult? I, I know, week? right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, website, secondtakepodcast.com. And if I have to support the show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. And then there's an email address. There is that too. Secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. It's almost like all these things are the same thing, <laughs> just in different spots to make or, it really easy to find. Or you can go to the website. I did that already. No. I absolutely You went did. straight into No, Patreon. I did website. Oh, fine. Oh, maybe I didn't. On the website as well. <laughs> Um, it's all second take. It's, it's all the same name. We actually do have a submission page on the website at the moment for independent ah. filmmakers. So if you've got a film that you want us to talk about, we could probably cover it in a bit of like a variety hour or something. We're trying to build a bit, a bit of a side catalog for next year, just as something extra to do while we're going along. If you want to grab onto the website and go to there, you can just pop in some details, pop in the name of your film and get in contact with us. And we'll get back to you and we can see if we can you know cover whatever piece of work that you're... Um, and if you'd like to hit me up personally, I will accept payoffs. It's true. Yeah, we're very, very susceptible to bribes. No, I'm not. Oh, I definitely am. <laughs> Two out of three of us are very bribable, right? <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll join you next week for the sequel to this exact episode. You're welcome. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.